Liar. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson Jackson himself. Look at him dart back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points, our friends at Blue Wire. I am your host, Blake Little. With me, once again, my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and uh, this is the annual overreaction episode of our podcast where Dylan and I are going to overreact to everything that happened in uh, at least a Sunday and Thursday game from week one. Not yet the Monday night games. We're recording this before the Ravens and the Raiders play. Uh, but Dylan, this is one of our favorite episodes of the year. We get to overreact and uh, make some thoughts about how right we were about certain things, how wrong we were about others, and uh, really just throw some of these teams directly into the trash uh, after the season. Yeah, just like 2019 when the Bengals were already the best team in the league, we are now going to have to anoint the Texans as the top team. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my top overreaction. But no, I mean, yeah, it's a, it was a crazy week. Obviously, there's always outcomes, especially early in the season, that don't really – by the end of the year, you look back and you're like, wow, how, how the heck did that happen? I mean, even not an insane one, but you look at what happened to the Packers, to the Saints, and last year, the Buccaneers Super Bowl champions, they also lost 38-3 to to the Saints in one of their two matchups. So, I mean, these these things are going to happen. There's going to be bad weeks. Um, not not my best uh, picks week. This might be, I mean, last year, I don't I didn't have too many weeks as brutal as this. Hopefully, the Raiders can help me out by the time you listen to this tonight and get me back on track here a bit but um yeah it was uh, some crazy out- upsets i think i read that it was something like uh, 10 outright uh, or 10 underdogs covered which is it was like the high for like over 30 years for a sunday when week one uh, tons of underdogs that won outright as well uh so yeah it was uh, <laughs> more maybe more uncertainty about more teams than we're used to but also again i think it's just that volatility of it's week one a lot of these guys don't play in the preseason. There's only so many reps in the offseason, even if it was more than, you know, a year ago uh, during the, the heat of the pandemic. So it's uh, it's early. That's what I'll say. I'm just, uh, you know, we at least at the very least, the one thing I'm happy about, we did nail our games the week. Absolutely. I think those are probably yeah. the two best as we get into those. And then also both of our betting locks, although mine was uh, a little scary at the end. <laughs> yes, we, we did get those right. And the betting locks are the ones we always uh, like to lean on. We thought it may be off to a, a bad start, but um, nonetheless, uh, we, we we did all right to start off with here. And by the way, I'm one to know on the upset picks. Yep. You could be as well. So we really, in our main sections, we're we're off to a really good start here. Even though our overall picks, we missed a lot of games. But let's run through these quickly. Uh, obviously, we'll spend more time on some of these than others. Uh, we'll go through it the same way we went through it when we did our uh, predictions, and we start with our games of the week. And let's just go ahead and jump into the Chiefs and the Browns because uh, that was a wild one. Chiefs get the win um, in sort of a, you know, it felt like another Chiefs-Browns game and what we feel like is probably going to be a long line of these over the next you know several seasons as long mm-hmm. as these teams are, are built the way they're built. They had one in the playoffs last year. Chiefs win this one 33-29. They rally. They make the comeback. Uh, pretty much just, you know, just outperform the Browns in the second half. And... I don't. I mean, what do you say? Like this was. I think this was the exact sort of script. If you could have scripted a Chiefs Browns mm-hmm. game, like this feels like exactly it with all 
the the key players all contributing. Like it's just it felt like this is exactly the game that it should have been. And you know, if you had fantasy wise, if you had anyone on the top tier of all these teams, like either one of these, like you you were sitting pretty after this game. Yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, it followed the formula for why I picked the Browns initially to have a huge upset here in week one because I felt like they'd be able to run the ball well. They did quite efficiently in the first half. They were aggressive. They had a, a couple of huge fourth down conversions there. In the first half on a couple of touchdown drives, you, you know, conversely, the Chiefs kicked a short field goal on fourth and pretty short. So you kind of felt like they had the aggression going for them. They had all the confidence. And at halftime, you're feeling really good. But, yeah, it's just the Chiefs are always waiting, and it doesn't take much. I, even if they hadn't had that uh, fumbled punt, I, I still feel like the Chiefs are at that point rolling and uh, probably would have scored to take the lead regardless. The, the thing is, it came down to, at the end of the game, uh, a couple drives where the Browns had opportunities and just couldn't get the job done after you know dominating for so many parts of the game. Uh, when, when it got to getting past that first half and having to throw a bit more, it didn't quite work out. There were some good things in the passing game still for Cleveland outside of that Mayfield pick at the end, but and it just they didn't quite finish. I still feel like you would feel pretty good if you're the Browns going into week two based on how close you came to beating you know the team that are, could have made three straight Super Bowls if they weren't offside in that one AFC title game. It's yeah, just like they were last year. Obviously, it doesn't feel good coming up just short against the Chiefs, but I mean, they at, at times were just dominating up front. The formula was there that, you know, you're only really allowed, obviously, the one Tyreek Hill pass. And it was a play that, uh, you know, if John Johnson is, makes uh, looks back a bit, qu- bit quicker, he might have tipped it away. It wasn't like Tyreek ran away from them over the top. So, I mean, they did a decent job of limiting the huge plays from, from the Chiefs. I thought they had a great game plan. And I think both teams, there's a decent chance we'll see them playing again. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, two really good teams. And, has not changed my picks on my division winners uh, for both of them uh, winning their particular divisions. Uh, Cowboys Bucks. I don't think my you know expectations have changed on that either. Two more division winners here, uh, as though I think we both picked the Bucks and the Cowboys to win yep. their respective divisions, and uh, it was the Bucks rallying um, in another one here. That's just what a, I mean, what a fun game <laughs> like that. That was sort of a sign of things to come, yeah. I think. When you, you know, you look at it and how it played out um, and, and really just, uh, man, what a game. And like we said, like this, this is very similar to Chiefs Browns, where if you had anyone fantasy wise, um, you know, on either one of these teams, you you walked out of this sitting pretty, except if you were an Ezekiel Elliott owner. Um, but more, I mean, the bigger thing here is I think both of these teams are really good. I'm completely confident in the Cowboys. All the questions we had about Dak. Um, he looks really good here. Yeah, and they, they finally forced some turnovers. I know they, they think they forced more turnovers in this game than they did for like the first half of the season last year, something along those lines. It was they at least didn't have many picks last year. It was that was the big reason Dallas was in it. I, uh, I think. I mean, Tampa Bay's offense at times looked like they weren't going to be able to be stopped, and a couple of mistakes here and there ended up uh, costing them and keeping Dallas really in it. But I mean, give a lot of credit to Dak as a not in our clutch points league and another fantasy league. I had Dak and Amari Cooper. So you can imagine I really enjoyed this one. Uh, those guys were unstoppable for much of the game. I wouldn't be too concerned if I was a Zeke owner. I uh, read today that uh, Dak, or I believe it was one of the coaches said that Dak actually checked out of 10 plus run plays just based on the look he got 
uh, because the Bucks were essentially forcing him to throw and said, let's see how healthy you are. And he did a fantastic job all game. That had to be one of the best games. I mean, Dak's had some fantastic ones, but had to be against the, the you know, all the starters back from the Bucks defense. I know they had some injuries, some guys out, but nonetheless, for Dak to play like that, you have to be really, really encouraged if you're a Cowboys fan, especially, especially with the way the rest of the division looked, although we'll get to the Eagles game shortly. But I think that Dallas's defense had some good things going. I think Kellen Moore, uh, Moore still has a, a – a, great chemistry with with the players on offense and I think yeah for the Bucks, I mean you, you escape with the win I don't put too much writing into this as if you know oh barely they barely beat the Cowboys that's you know it's going to happen in week one these kind of things are going to go their offense still looked unbelievable and I think by the end of the season I that's going to got to be still the most frightening offense with the balance they have um to face but Dallas is dirt I think they have they have the keys if Dax is healthy they should be borderline at least close to top five offense this season I mean they have that you saw how they were producing last season before his injury, and now in this game, I think you have more confidence. If I were a Cowboy fan coming out than I would have had going into the season. Yeah, as a fantasy owner who in multiple drafts was put in a position of do I take the duo of Robert Woods and Terry McLaurin, so I had these in separate drafts, or do I take Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, who were both on the board at the same time? I'm looking at this one game, I'm thinking, oh, I hope I mm-hmm. made the right decision. Um, not, not that I don't think Robert Woods and Terry McLaurin are going to have good seasons, but um, still, you look at this Cowboys offense through one game. It's only one game, but yeah. uh, they're going to they're going to be fun. And uh, I know a lot of Dak Prescott owners hoping he throws the ball 58 times a game. They'd be very happy about that. Um, don't see that happening, but uh, that would certainly be a welcome addition for fantasy owners. Um, so yes, the Bucks get the 31-29 win there. Uh, they walk off kick to get the victory. Now to our betting locks, which uh, mine was the Rams, uh, seven and a half at home against the Bears. And um, I just think that, you know, the Rams look really good here. We talked about it, didn't exactly know what to expect, but my goodness, they they looked fantastic, I thought. Uh, the Bears, what's interesting is, honestly, like, I don't think the Bears looked that bad. And I know that sounds strange for a team that just lost by 20, but um, I, I think you can, you can see some things. I think that are going to be positives for the bears. And I don't know, you know, how quickly, I mean, we saw Justin Fields get into the mix, but Mm -hmm. how quickly does he become the regular starter? I am, I am optimistic about the bears despite a 20 point loss on the road here. I just think the Rams might be that good uh, to be honest with you here in a 34, 14 win. I hope so. Um, It was, it was definitely a really fun game as a Rams fan to, to watch and, for the Bears, I do think there's a little bit from what I've seen. I wouldn't be overreacting too hard to what the defense did. It seems like for all the quarterback questions and, and, and conversations all offseason, at least right now, Bears fans are more concerned about the play of their defense, the play of Eddie Jackson, some of the struggles with their secondary and the, the coverage breakdowns on those two long touchdowns. Um, but I, I think they'll be fine. I mean, on offense, there's not a ton of, you know, maybe some of the play calling was a little bland at certain points, but there wasn't so much they could do. I mean, the Rams, for the, for the most part, looked exactly like they did last season. A lot of too high stuff, a lot of keeping, giving them the, you know, they ran the ball really well as the Rams didn't really plug those holes as well as they did a season ago uh, when they when they had the light boxes. They had the second least uh, uh, heavy boxes in the league. I think the, uh, there was one of the team that uh, it was the Steelers that had more light boxes than the Rams, the only team in the league. Uh, so the Bears took what they had to. I mean, they ran the ball. It's just the Rams got more shot plays. The offense looked finally back a little more like what we're used to uh, in, in seasons past in the last couple of years where they've been kind of doing what we saw for large portions 
of the game from the Bears in terms of their attacking. The, the Rams were able to get different things done. And obviously, yeah, even if Fields had played, I'm not sure in this one how it would have gone. Maybe the Bears would have been closer. There were, you know, they, they stayed in it for being a 20-point game. You know, they, they got within a, a touchdown a couple of times there in the, at the end of the half and uh, in the third quarter. They just defense could not close. And from there, the Rams finally ramped up some pressure. Uh, defense, I mean, the Bears offensive line, considering the injuries they have and certain guys out and Peters going out as well, not a good, that's, that's a big loss for them if he can't come back quickly. Um, that, I thought they, they played fine. Um, but it's the, the Rams put you in that situation, squeeze you, squeeze you, squeeze you. And if the offense is falling like it was, in this game, it's just like you said. I think the Rams. Uh, it's only one game. Not trying to overreact too much, but definitely a <laughs> promising start. And and also just some schematic stuff that the kind of coverages the Bears are running that have really given them problems in years past. They had beaters to those things, especially the the cup touchdown, which put the safety in a really tough spot. It's a lot of conversation of who was the blame on that play when he busted up wide open. But it was really just a well designed uh, combo of routes. And if that's the case throughout the year, it's going to be. Uh, McVeigh's revenge season is on, and I'm I'm here for it. It's, it was fun <laughs> last night, at least. I'm a proud David Montgomery and Cooper Cup fantasy owner. Um, so those <laughs> two go. guys came through for me. I will tell you that, and I, I will say I I think the Rams. What are you talking about? This is this is the episode we overreact. We're we're completely allowed to overreact here. I think the Rams are Super Bowl good. Um, but you know what, Dylan? They could equally be the fourth best team in their division, yeah. as we'll get. To. So um, that that is the interesting part. And speaking of that, uh, the 49ers uh, just. <laughs> really an interesting game here. This was your betting uh-huh. lock, and you talk about this This has to go down to one of our all-timers here uh, for the Niners, uh, who were favored by 7.5 when we did our uh, picks on this. Uh, we both picked the Niners to win. This was Dylan's betting lock. The Niners win by 8, um, <laughs> and my goodness, they did not make it look easy. Um, as uh, This was one of those games that I think <laughs> you really look at it, the Niners just dominated this game. Uh, but then all of a sudden just completely tried to give it away late uh, with uh, the Lions making every play and the Niners just doing everything possibly wrong they could to give the Lions opportunities. I don't, I kind of write this off <laughs> as one of those games where it's week one, yeah. you have a big lead. Um, it happens. I think the Lions are not very good. I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. And overall, I think the Niners, the biggest question now is, um, <laughs> Trey Lance looked good, I thought. Um, I think he's going to be in there very quickly. And, I mean, they're already using him. I just think it's it's a matter of time at this point. I think we we probably know that. Um, meanwhile, the running back situation, we'll talk about a little bit mm-hmm. later. Raheem Mostert's out a while. Uh, but, my goodness, Elijah Mitchell steps in for the, and just goes for 100 yards. Uh, just, like, that's how the Niners work, it seems. Yeah. Couch, just anyone with a name on their jersey is going to rush for 100 yards at some point. Uh, Debo Samuel, big day. I I'm not concerned about the end of this game. I think the Niners no. are are really good. I don't think the Lions are. So yeah, they they probably put the brakes on a little too hard. Obviously, if you don't have the Kittle uh, mess up on the on the onside kick as well as the fumble later on um, by Debo, that was just a yeah. bad break. Yeah, just yeah. a bad hop. Yeah. Just a couple really tough plays there where it's like it doesn't look so insane at the end if it wasn't for those. Um, yeah, the Niners just completely dominated at points, obviously getting a pick six. And just uh, I wouldn't write too much into what the defense did in the second half. Losing Verrett, though, is a big loss because corner for, for the Niners has been a concern. And 
Uh, that's the one thing to watch, I think, moving forward. He's, he's had so many injuries over the course of his career. When he stayed on the field, it makes a huge difference for them. So that's one one thing to look at. Yeah, I don't think the running back situation will be a problem except for fantasy owners because, as you mentioned, whoever's in there for Kyle Shanahan ends up performing quite well with the scheme they have and the offensive linemen they have. So, like you said, Trey Lance obviously gets his first touchdown. I thought Garoppolo still looked really good overall. All the receivers look solid to me. So I, I think, yeah, I'm not overly concerned. I was sweating it out just for the sake of, of this betting lock. I was like, am I really going to lose the, have the worst backdoor cover here? Uh, one of the worst, <laughs> at least to start the season. Somehow they're able to get that stop at the end. But uh, for the Lions, I will, I mean, even though, yeah, obviously going through all the, things with the, the Niners uh, stepping off the gas. I still feel like the Lions, you know, not stopping fighting. There were some good things that Goff did. I thought, obviously, as a you know, talked up DeAndre Swift a, a decent amount, he played quite well. He had a few mistakes early on uh, with some of the assignments he had, not in terms of running the ball, but in terms of blocking. But otherwise, uh, and some routes run. But otherwise, I thought he had a pretty solid uh, debut for the season. Jamal Williams looked good. For them, I, it'll be an interesting mix all year. Uh, Hawkinson, the hype seems legit with him. So, I, I mean, they they might be fine. Like, they do have a solid offensive line again. They're not going to always be facing a defensive line like the 49ers. So, some positives to look at. Obviously, the defense is still a mess, and losing uh, Kuda uh, is, is, a, is a brutal, brutal loss. Um, but uh, that's not really what this season's about, as we've talked about. It's about changing the culture, and I, I think there's at least signs of that uh, in terms of how Detroit fought back and the, the enthusiasm of the players and even some of the things earlier on in the game where I was like, all right, this is this seems a little different. So uh, some positives for the Lions despite the loss. Yeah, they'll be one of those scrappy teams, I think, that win a couple games they shouldn't late in the season. They'll, they'll knock off somebody trying to make a playoff push or something. I, I can see that mm-hmm. happening. But like you said, a big injury there, Okuda in the secondary, that's not going to help at all for a team that – really struggle to, to stop anything uh, in this game. So, yeah, 49ers, convincing win, and uh, the theme continues with the NFC West. All right, our upset picks of the week. This is where we completely overreact like we did a couple of seasons ago to the Bengals. I'm all in on the Bengals at this point. Um, give me give me the Bengals. Like, they're, they're my new favorites. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of kidding here. Um, they look pretty good. I, I think that, yeah. you know, they get the win here. This was my upset pick. I picked them to, to beat the Vikings. I just, I don't know. Like I, I, there's just something about Joe Burrow, man. There's just, I just feel like every time he steps on the field, his team's going to have a chance to win. Um, it's not going to happen every time, but I, I just think he's good enough to give them a really good chance. And if you just go up and down this, you know, the stat line here, I mean, it's crazy to think, but like mm-hmm. on the flip side, like Kirk Cousins looked really good. Um, you know, Adam Thielen looked really good. Like there was a lot of good things about the Vikings, but I just thought the Bengals offense, like they just made plays. That was everyone from the top down, you know, from Burrow to Mixon to Jamar Chase. You and I talked about this. Everyone yeah. just freaking out over this Jamar Chase stuff. Um, how you feel now? Like, you know, five receptions, 101 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> uh, please, come on. Let's let's not overreact uh, to everything here. T. Higgins stays involved. Um, yeah. You know, I just, I, I don't, you know, the Bengals defense to me looked better. I thought that was something else that stood out. Like they, they look like a group that did some things pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that they're going to do anything better than being the worst team in that division, but I mean, that's a, that's a pretty strong division as we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, so this was a, this was a good way to start things off. I think for the Bengals. Yeah. For, from the Bengals point of view, I mean, the encouraging thing is just Burrow looking like Burrow out there and, he did take a couple of hits and get up a little slowly, but he, he overall, got sacked a lot. <laughs> yeah. 
Not too terrible, though. And you, you did see him, uh, you know, there were times where free rushers were coming and he released the ball quick and did things that you were worried maybe mentally would be tough to overcome. It feels like those all those issues he talked through in the offseason and the preseason about just getting his head on straight for the, the kind of physicality and what was going to come. Looked like he answered all those questions. Like you said, too, with Jamar Chase, all the questions about him. Once his go time, he had a fantastic game, not just all the plays he made. I mean, he was just you look at the routes he was running. There's a reason he got targeted so many times and obviously the big touchdown. But even beyond that, he had a fantastic game. A really talented re- uh, receiving room, as we've talked about. I thought T even looked a little better than last year. Um, it's one game again. But overall for the Bengals, it's just can the offensive line hold up and can Joe stay healthy? That's still going to be the question. But I think at least you get the answer from his point of view of, of what he's going to be all about. I, I'm so excited for that. And for the Vikings, a little reaffirmation for me of concerns I still have with that defense. I don't, you know, they're lots where they were last season. The defensive line's in a better place, which is part of why they had so much success getting to Joe. Um, but uh, still question marks on the back end, still just overall continuity with the whole unit that they've had so many of these guys on the same team. But some of the other players uh, that have filled that uh, side of the ball out, it's just not – it's not all clicking, obviously. Um, and then for the Bengals, like you said, their defense looked better. It's one game. I, I you know, I, how much is it the Bengals' defense looking better? How much was it the Vikings getting off to a kind of a sluggish start? By the end of the game, Kirk looked great, like you're saying, and had a solid stat line. But um, I think the reason the Vikings lose this game is that first half. They just had some really stagnant drives, some uh, some issues with blocking where where Kirk got sacked and just different things that didn't work out. So uh, we'll see with Minnesota for this year is a pretty bad day for that division. So they, they still got plenty of time. We'll, we'll talk about some of the other teams in there, but um, I, I think at least at this point, the Vikings defense just doesn't look like, you know, there's some people I've seen predict, maybe they're going to be a top flight defense again. I just don't trust that that's going to happen yet. Um, it's just a work in progress still. And we'll see, you know, how that works out, but at least like you said, the offense figured it out a bit. Uh, just another, just like last year, they lost so many one score games. It feels, it felt really similar to a 2020 Vikings game. Yeah. It's uh, I'm curious to see what the Vikings do from here. Like I said, I think will probably lose some games uh, just given the, the schedule and the competition, but they got a chance with Burrow back and uh, yeah, that offense is going to be fun to watch. All right. So our quick pick section, we'll, we'll go a little quicker with these. Uh, what do you think of the Steelers getting a 23 the 16 win Man. over the Bills. Not an ideal start for the Bills here. I thought that they, I, I think the Steelers are good. Don't get me wrong, but I was a little disappointed in some of the things uh, from the Bills. Yeah, especially the offense. The offensive line did not play well. Obviously, the Steelers' defense is great, but I will say for the Bills, I I was encouraged by the play of their defense. They were great in the first half, and overall, I think even some of the plays the Steelers made were just, uh, you know, receivers making incredible catches in tight coverage. Yeah. The Claypool catch down the sideline, obviously the Deontay Johnson touchdown. Uh, they Some of those guys just balled out. Uh, obviously, you have the block punt, which, I mean, that ends up being, by the end of it, if you just look at the score, that's the difference. So I, it was fairly even in that way. The Bills look more like the Steelers than you'd like, uh, you know, with, with, a deep, uh, with a strong defense and the offense that it was at the time sluggish. But I think Pittsburgh's defense, if anything, looks scarier than last year, a little more like they were in 2019 when they had a really bad offense, but their defense was just 
absolutely insane. Uh, I feel like some of the supporting cast players on that on this defense that in the past years some some of those spots were a little bit of question marks. I feel like everyone checked the boxes in this one. Everyone contributed. It looked like as complete a defense as you can imagine in the NFL. And I, I, not that Josh Allen was perfect. He missed that one. Uh, I forgot who the receiver was, but he overthrew a receiver open for a, a long touchdown at one point. He had a few other passes that were just off a little bit. I wouldn't buy too, right, too much into it in terms of, you know, there could be some regression. We, you know, statistically at least, I, that's obviously possible. Also, top quarterbacks always fluctuate stat-wise, but in terms of Josh's play, I feel like it just came down to the Steelers' defense being that good. Let's we'll see them against some other offenses and or some other defenses over the course of the year. I think the Bills will, of course, correct. But yeah, not a not a fantastic start for them or another one of my teams on uh, my Super Bowl picks because yeah, both <laughs> of them just not on offense, just flat out flat out uh just fell on their faces in this in these uh week one games yeah long season to go but uh i would not dylan's dylan's super bowl pick not off to a great start here um with these two and if the, if that winds up being the super bowl pick we're gonna have to do some research on there i would have to believe uh that uh the super bowl matchup has never been comprised of two teams who well one one had a much worse week one than the other and we'll get to them in a second uh dylan i don't know if you hear that sound that is the sound of cash all over the place for people who followed my advice on Corey Davis. I said, you've got to have this guy in fantasy. He's a fantasy sleeper. What do you know? He catches two touchdowns on opening day. And um, look, we said it. The reason why is this team is going to be playing from behind all season long. And he is going to be the primary target for Zach Wilson, who I didn't think looked terrible. I mean, his numbers weren't great. But, um, you know, I mean, it's just this is what it is with Jets. Like, we know they are still a year or two away from doing anything. Um, but if you're a fantasy person, listen, I played Corey Davis in every fantasy DraftKings fan don't mm-hmm. if I can get him in, and that resulted in a very uh, net positive day. Um, but meanwhile, the Panthers, I thought Sam Darnold looked pretty good. Uh, yeah. you, know, you get the usual Christian McCaffrey. I, I don't know really what you take away from this for either team, just because <laughs> this is kind of what we expected. Both these teams, the Jets aren't going to be very good. I think the Panthers will be up and down. Uh, but this was this was kind of the game I thought it would be. I think there's a chance the Panthers' defense is actually pretty decent. That's not the hottest take. There's There's been a lot of uh, stuff written about kind of where that defense has transformed and some of the talent they've brought in. Obviously, it's the Jets, though. And that offensive line, especially with Beckton going down, is just brutal for, for New York all day. I thought, yeah, Wilson looked fine considering the barrage of pressure constantly coming to him, the lack of a running game, uh, the kind of things that – uh, we've seen in the past. You looked if you if you looked too quickly, you might have thought it was Sam Darnold still there in the Jets <laughs> jersey as the quarterback. But on the flip side, yeah, I thought Darnold looked solid at certain points. Still had some mistakes. Uh, not a ton. I'm gonna write off just because I think the Jets defense is more of a mess at this point, and they only scored 19 points. Uh, I thought they could have probably put up some more and covered that spread. I, I feel bad for anyone that had to watch that five and a half point uh, one go against <laughs> yes. them with the Jets getting within five, but. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a hard game to take away a ton from. I want to see this Panthers defense do this against better offenses. Um, I want to see them perform better when they have the football. And on the flip side for the Jets, I think it's just a work in progress. Just with Beckton going down, it's disappointing. Because if there was a positive spot for this point, I think this is, it would be on offense and seeing what with guys like Corey Davis, like you're mentioning, and with possibly having some sort of running game uh, come back that – they could be decent on offense this year, even if the defense still needs a lot of overhauling. Uh, but this game did not prove that. And, you know, the Jets looked very Jet-like, even if they did find a way to almost uh, come back and win this one. 
I appreciate that one. Um, and that next sound you hear, Dylan, is the sound of the Jacksonville Jaguars being the worst team in the NFL um, because they lost to the team we thought was going to be the worst team in the NFL. 37-21, the Texans just – I don't even – this game was not that close. Like, let's just be – let's be honest here. Like, it never felt like it was that close. Texans just no. completely steamrolled the Jags here, um, scored 27 points in the first half. I mean, they made – they made this Texas offense look like Deshaun Watson, you know, in his prime. Like I, at times you're just wondering like, what is going on out here? Um, you know, guys who essentially were cast offs from other places, Mark Ingram, Brandon yep. Cooks, Tyrod Taylor, they have now formed this super team apparently. Um, <laughs> but actually I, I, I don't want to take anything away from them, but uh, Trevor Lawrence certainly did not have his best day. Um, but I'm just, I think this Jack situation is going to turn out to be much more of a mess than mm-hmm. we thought it was going to be. And one of the reports, of course, that came out on Sunday was about, you know, the whole Urban Meyer situation and all that. I think this is – I don't know what we're going to see with the rest of the season, but um, I think things could head south in a hurry here for the Jacks. Yeah, I wouldn't say the Texans are exactly the island of misfit toys. These guys, that would be not too too kind to actually how talented some of the players they are. They still, I still think they don't have much depth. But, yeah, like you said, they have all these guys that were kind of cast off. Uh, from other teams that are had fantastic games. I'm feeling good about picking up in one of my leagues, Brandon Cooks, with the amount of targets he got. And obviously, they're not going to be facing the Jaguars' defense every week, but I feel like he's still going to be a pretty pretty big part of that offense. That Tyrod, obviously, he had one one of his touchdown passes that was just like I, where you really thought it looked like Deshaun Watson. I was like, what? He escaped pressure and threw it deep down the field, and I was like, what the heck? Who are who am I watching right here, man? It was. It was nuts, really. I got he got tackled inside the ten yard line on that one, but yeah, still, I mean, he looked fantastic. The offensive line for Houston, as I mentioned before, the season, the one part of the team that I thought would be at least average or decent, uh, they looked great because the Jaguars' defense might be might be the worst in the league. It's that there's your overreaction uh, to Week One right there. I <laughs> I think that um, uh, we'll see by the as the season goes on. I don't think there were many high expectations for the Jaguars' defense this year. But that was that was brutal, man. Um, and uh, you know, I think Trevor will be fine over the course of the season overall. But for give the Texans credit for all the things I've said about them, um, and my still concerns with them uh, where their really direction is because I don't, you know, I don't know if all of these guys are long term answers. But I will say I thought Tim Kelly, their offensive coordinator, did a fantastic job calling this game. Um, you know, the guy that not a, a ton of uh, experience uh, where you really would have known what to exactly expect from him. thought he called a great game for Houston. Obviously the talent gap there uh, in terms of what the defense for them looked like versus that offensive line and some of those skill players. Uh, Houston might, yeah, might be good enough to be more like a five and 12 team than the two and 15 team I thought of. Uh, but the Jaguars, uh, I just hope for that, for Trevor's sake that they, kind of get things going a bit more on offense and not struggle the way they did. Obviously he throws three touchdowns, but the three picks pretty brutal, especially one where he, he, he said after the game, he lost track of the mic and just threw it to uh, no man. There was literally like five Texans around. So uh, it's, it's going to be for all another kind of a trendy dark horse division pick based on how bad this division might be was the Jaguars and uh, uh, not by us luckily, because that no. was uh, that was brutal, man. No, thanks. Um, yeah, and as we're talking here, USC just fired Clay Helton, so Urban yep. Meyer could have his next stop oh, boy. Um, if things do not work out well here in Jacksonville. Um, speaking of this mess of a division, there is one team sitting at the top of it right now, and that is the Houston Texans because 
this team laid a complete egg. And just once again, just when I'm ready, I'm all in, right? Like I said, I finally bought it. I bought hook line. Drinking the Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid, I've done it all for the Titans. I have finally, (laughs) after years and years of never wanting to just be fully committed to to this franchise, I have finally done it. And what do you know, week one, everything goes backwards. Uh, right where we started because they got this is another game that never felt as close as the scoreline, which was a 24, 25 point deficit here, 38, 13, the Cardinals win. I never at any point thought that the Titans were going to be able to do anything to slow them down. Um, this defense is not very good. And nope. unless their offense is going to put up 30 points a game, this team is not good enough to, <laughs> I mean, listen, they may, they may be good enough to win the division, but yeah. <laughs> they're not good enough to win in playoff time. And uh, that's that's different than probably our expectation was unless they get a lot of things figured out. I will say the only thing I will say about this is the Cardinals, we said it going in, very tough team to prepare for given their offense and mm-hmm. because of Calvary. But I figure if you're going to be prepared for them, like this is the time because you have a lot more time to prepare. You've had, you know, an entire offseason to prepare for an opponent like this. But yet the Titans were just not. And, and I know there have been other stuff with the Titans. You know, they've had different situations. Guys have been out and that sort of stuff. But this was so disappointing, uh, given the fact that, yeah. you know, I just there, there's no way you're buying this team anymore. Based off this one performance, I know it's harsh to say that. <laughs> but, like, you think about this. Like, if you see the Titans against the Chiefs, similar situation, right, with the quarterback offense. Like, you're just – this was just so underwhelming, and I think the defense, mm-hmm. the holes are glaring on this defense. Yeah, losing is one thing. If the Titans lost this game, like, in a close battle, then, like, all right, it's kind of what I expected. This team's going to play in a lot of close games that are high scoring. Great. But, no, it was, like you said, it was ugly. It was uh, – when when the Cardinals had the ball, they couldn't be stopped. Obviously, they had a big lead, which is why they end up running the ball more than they passed, which is just not something – we're used to seeing in the Cliff Kingsbury era. Uh, but, they, I mean, literally they wanted they could do anything they wanted with the ball. Obviously, Kyler made some fantastic throws, some great plays where he, uh, you know, scrambled out of trouble and was able to just make things happen uh, at, with, when everything broke down. And he had a fantastic day. I'm not going to try to take away too much from them, but uh, that's from Tennessee's defense still. They're I knew they were going to be bad, and it's one week, but they, I mean, they, they're they down towards the bottom of the league probably still like they were last year, finishing, uh, you know, as the what, fourth worst defense in DVOA. So yeah. it's it's going to be rough there. They're going to have to score points. Maybe we're both underselling the how important the loss of Arthur Smith will be. Obviously, he didn't have the, the greatest debut in Atlanta. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, th- this offense just didn't look the same. Julio had a drop touchdown. Uh, had another drop and had the personal foul and just different things that not the best day for him. Uh, even just running the ball, though. I mean, Arizona's defense, that's one thing that I'll say maybe that also is a, something that I'm not going to try to overreact too much to, but at the same time, something that last year they were good. They, they finished 10th in DVOA, a, a solid group on that side of the ball. And as they're starting to figure things out, they have a lot of young linebackers, uh, guys that are going to be figuring out uh, their roles and just get you more and more used to the op- schemes in the NFL uh, as they do that as they get more knowledgeable there's a chance that Arizona has a pretty good defense which uh, which is pretty you know not something we've been insanely used to until last season so yeah man maybe the Cardinals are pretty good I mean that division and the NFC West like you said is is gonna at this point you know it's one week but it looks 
like all four teams have are playoff contenders at least and should in their minds be uh, pursuing that. Uh, whereas in the opposite division here and these teams, it's going to also make for that, you know, we, we talked about the chance of four teams from the same division making the playoffs. The fact that the NFC West gets to play the AFC South, I mean, what that final, that final uh, record between the d- divisions is going to be really fascinating to me because there's a chance it's, <laughs> it's something like, you know, 12 and four, uh, 13 and three. I wouldn't be shocked. I think it's hot. Calling it right now. Overreaction week one. That's it. I think they're all going to find a way unless there's a significant injury to someone on any, which will probably happen. But um, I think all four are just based on, I'm not just saying it because they all four won in week one, yeah. but we said that was a possibility going in. And I think the Cardinals were the biggest question, but I'm like, whew, Cardinals look good. So, uh, and maybe the Titans wind up just being way worse than we thought. Uh, <laughs> and maybe, you know, maybe it's just that, but I don't know. Um, Eagles Falcons, Eagles just dominated this game, 32 to six. Jalen Hurts looks fantastic. Falcons aren't going to be very good. I don't know when they're going to trade Matt Ryan, but I mean, this, I feel like they should have they should have already done this. Like they should, they're in total rebuilding mode here, um, and I think it's just it's going to be a long season in Atlanta. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they probably would have. Uh, a lot of reports said if they if Trey Lance had fallen to four, they would have taken him. Obviously, Kyle Pitts. There's a reason to be excited about him. Looked good at certain points, but. Yeah, it, it just feels like it's they need some more fresh blood overall. Uh, a defense that last year was pretty solid that looked awful uh, again, like they have in previous seasons. Uh, so yeah, Jalen Hurts, to his credit, not to take away too much from him because of the Falcons. I thought, yeah, he did look fantastic. Uh, Devonte Smith, all the expectations met. Uh, he he's already <laughs> is one of the you know not going to say he's the best route runner in the league by any means, but he's definitely. <laughs> already clearly looks above uh, some of a lot of young guys that enter the league. And with his, with his craft, I mean, he, he looks like an experienced vet. He looks like a Mari Cooper with some of the, some of his movements out there. So it's uh, uh, the Eagles maybe, and they have a, I think they really do have a decent defense. They, they weren't terrible last year. They, they struggled at certain points. Um, but I, you know, on that side of the ball, I, I was more worried about their offense really uh, going into the season. Um, so we'll see how it goes for them. I mean, that division also, Still think the Cowboys look pretty good overall, but I think Philadelphia definitely an encouraging one for them to build off of. Maybe, maybe you're feeling a little better about Joan Hurts, uh, but I don't, you know, this had a kind of a weird week one feel too, where it's like maybe the Falcons probably aren't this bad, but they're still not, you know, as we've said, they're kind of stuck where it's like, what, what are they doing? You got, you're kind of stuck in neutral right now. And maybe the Eagles are overreacting a bit, but we'll see if they can keep this going and be at least, uh, you know, if they hover around 500, that might be all it takes to, to be close, at least in that division. Your Chargers playoff pick looking okay to start the season. 20 to 16 winners at Washington. Uh, the big thing here, of course, Washington loses Brian Fitzpatrick for a while, yeah. but uh, Taylor Heineke, probably one of the best backups in the league. Um, he's, I think they're going to be okay even with him. This was a pretty good game. Two good teams here. And like we said, I think these would be ultimately two teams that'll be teetering on that playoff uh, spot range. Yeah. Washington, great defense. Uh, still think they played solid. I just think Justin Herbert was, ridiculous uh he on third down 13 of 16 for 160 yards 11 first downs and a touchdown just like ridiculous and uh pinpoint accuracy constantly trusting his receivers i so many times were just put the ball exactly where he wanted to for for mike williams and basically put the ball right in his lap keenan allen obviously in key spots they just kept converting obviously want a little bit more uh, get that really kind of questionable fumble out of the end zone play 
uh, that hurt them. But I thought they looked good, and I thought the defense – I know Washington wasn't fantastic last season, but I thought the Chargers' defense looked great. Obviously, having Derwin James in there changes things. And uh, with the scheme and different things, I'll have, have to look more into – trying to watch that game overall from start to finish. But uh, yeah, it, it feels like they're pretty solid. Not, I'm not completely surprised they won this game. Uh, you know, I just thought maybe on week one, uh, there'd be a tough kind of matchup on the road, but Hey, they, they, they hung tough. They've always been a team that struggles in these one score games. They get a W here. It just feels different. Um, uh, not to overstate too much the impact of, uh, of Brandon Staley, but li- I listened to, you know, the post game press conference. He sounds, I feel like he's like quoting Sean McVay. He sounds exactly like <laughs> the thing, not his voice necessarily, but the, the way the things he says and the way his cadence and just everything about it, yeah, it already feels like there's a lot of trust in that locker room. A lot of guys that are buying into uh, the Kool-Aid that he's uh, offering them up and yeah, feeling decent about that pick and also not feeling too bad about Washington still being a team I think can compete for the division. We'll just see if, uh, with Fitzpatrick out for a little while, if they can withstand uh, having Taylor Heineke in there. It looked okay at certain points, other points, uh, not fantastic. Seahawks 28, Colts 16. Russell Wilson did look fantastic. Uh, really, oh, my gosh. Like, like the most Russell Wilson stat line ever, 23 passes, four touchdowns. Tyler Lockett, four receptions, the most Tyler Lockett, you know, stat line ever. Four receptions, 100 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he's only, this guy, he's going to get like two receptions one time. He's going to get like 180 yards and – um, two touchdowns. Like this is just what he does. He doesn't need a lot of receptions uh, to make a big time impact. And this just felt like another performance from the Seahawks and a long line of them. The Colts, you know where I stand on the Colts. I don't know how good they're going to be, but guess what? Mm-hmm. You don't have to be very good in the AFC South anymore. So yeah, yeah, maybe the Colts will be fine in that division. Really, um, I, I thought you know they they didn't play fantastic. Carson Wentz was okay. I mean, I thought if you're a Colts fan, I'd feel okay about. His performance, I wouldn't feel uh, overly uh, scared. Like, uh, I might feel a little better than I did preseason, honestly. I thought he was fine. But, yeah, their defense did not have its best day. But I think that's partially just the Seahawks having a ton of talent and a play caller that utilized that talent. I thought Shane Waldron had a fantastic debut as offensive coordinator in Seattle. They used you know, a team that for years has not always been, always been uh, criticized for its lack of play action and lack of utilizing all the, the talent they have. They, they finished 21st in play action last season. They had the second highest rate of any team on Sunday, only behind the Niners of play action passes. And you saw it. Yeah. You saw the results a lot of the time uh, with what they were able to do against the Colts. And you combine the, the talent they have, you feel better, a little bit better about the scheme and man, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing uh, for Seahawks fans. And for, yeah, this division is just going to, it's just such a, such a competitive group. Uh, I mean, it's really scary yeah, as optimistic as I am about the Rams, it's like all the, all these teams look pretty intimidating, uh, but especially this one because Russell Wilson's a different breed. And I think if the defense, uh, you know, had a pretty solid game, we'll see how it, it holds up over the course of the year for Seattle. But if that defense can even be just like middle of the middle of the pack um, or even just a, a tad better than that, uh, there's no reason they can't be just like last year when they went 12 and four, you know, being in that same kind of range here. Uh, as a team that I would be shocked if they're anything but a playoff team. And, you know, I know I picked the Niners to win the division, but it's it's all all three of those teams, that, even the Cardinals right now, I put them a little under. I still feel okay about my Saints playoff pick, as we'll get to in a sec for that last wild card spot. But uh, there's, yeah, it, Seattle looked really, really scary. What do we think about our Dolphins hitting the road and uh, getting an opening win against the Patriots? You picked that one. 
Um, we both went back and forth on it, but uh, I didn't think Mac. I thought Mac Jones looked fine. Um, yeah. But I think the Dolphins, they're just like we said, Dolphins are on the upswing and a uh, pretty good game between two teams that I think will will wind up, you know, being right there perhaps with the Bills uh, in that range. We'll yeah. see. Uh, but uh, yeah, pr- pretty good game here. I thought some of the things they did on offense in Miami were solid in terms of how they schemed up plays for Tua. The, the one concerning thing when he didn't have the first read, it, it kind of broke down a bit more than you'd like. Obviously, we've talked up the Patriots defense. I think they're, with all the guys they brought back, the new talent they have, I think they're going to be elite. Uh, so at the end of the day, I think Miami can feel okay uh, on that side of the ball. And yeah, for the Pats, like you said, Mac Jones looks solid. They just didn't finish drives. Obviously, they kicked the two field goals and the really costly Damian Harris fumble at the end when they're in that field goal range at the very least to take the lead. I thought he played before that fantastic and felt good about his uh, number of carries as, uh, you know, in fantasy as a as an owner of him in one of my leagues. Um, uh, also, Thought, you know, Jacoby Myers was a guy we looked at as a sleeper. Felt really well about his target share and how many plays he made. So some good things from the Pats. I, I think they're going to be fine. I think, you know, I don't know what the expectation is this one season, but with Mac uh, in there, I, I think he looked really good. It was a, a great debut, even though it came in a loss. I thought they he did enough to, to win them that game, get them down there at the end of it. Um, and they're, yeah, just two teams that are pretty even, uh, I think, uh, as – We'll see, you know, at the end of the day, if they, depending on what happens with Buffalo, I'm not trying to overreact too much to the Bills game, uh, especially because I liked what I saw from that defense there. But yeah, maybe, uh, you know, we talk of all these offenses in some of these divisions. I think the the defense is the theme between these three top teams in the AFC uh, East at this point. I thought all three had had pretty good uh, debuts here. Yeah, Miami was 17-16 win there against the Patriots. Uh, This one... Not a whole lot to say. Broncos 27, Giants 13. Giants aren't very good on defense or offense, I guess. But Broncos are pretty – we said that was a team that's kind of intriguing. Uh, they're improved. They got Teddy Bridgewater, Melvin Gordon, turning back the clock, doing 70-yard touchdown runs. and um, So, yeah, I, I think the Broncos are interesting. But I, I don't I don't know what you take away necessarily a whole lot from a win over the Giants. Yeah, the Giants look just – Terrible on offense for large portions of this game. They, I mean, they had a chance there to get it within a touchdown. Uh, they had a, got a fourth down stop deep in their own territory from Denver. Denver looked kind of like what I expected on that side. Uh, like you said, there's only so much you can learn against the Giants, but I think Denver's defense is going to be elite uh, this year, at least a top 10 unit, if not higher. Um, so I think that makes them a borderline playoff team, really, or at least they should have that mindset of Teddy can look like he did. He did the same kind of things we saw him with the Saints. It looked fine uh like i mean it is against the giants but i i felt like you know the giants defense was pretty solid last year and felt decent about what they're going to be able to do schematically going into the season obviously the gordon touchdown was a backbreaker we'll see if judy how hopefully is not out uh at the from that four to six week range hopefully it's more like four weeks um uh, luckily it's nothing worse than that when he got carted off got pretty worried there but they have a lot of talent at receiver already even without him so Denver, a solid, you know, I think they're right in the mix, at least a 500-ish team, maybe a tad better in the Giants. I, I, you know, last year, obviously, they almost won the division, but I, out of some of these teams in that in the NFC East this year, I just wasn't quite a believer yet. And, yeah, it's that offense is just not not pretty yet. No. Uh, and speaking of which, we wrap up. The oh, Packers and the Saints. Uh, the Saints, 38-3 to winners over the Packers here. By the way, Dylan's Super Bowl pick, uh, the Packers. Scored three points. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was a worse loss uh, for him. And was it week one? I don't remember the stat on that, but I know they were talking about it. 
Um, yeah, just a, an awful performance from the Packers. Jameis Winston completes 14 passes. Five of them are touchdowns. Was this a high school line? Like, <laughs> not real. 14 completions, five touchdowns. Um, Packers look awful here. Saints look really, really good. Uh, I, yeah, I was shocked by this. Yeah, I mean, I thought the Saints defense would be great. Um, I did talk about that, and a big reason why I ended up picking them to make the playoffs. But so, yeah, I mean, I mean my Super Bowl pick looks awful here, but at least picking the Saints there and getting the division, they're the only, or in, in the playoffs. They're the one reason I, I still, with the Cardinals, I feel like it might come down to them too for that last spot. Um, but yeah, they looked better than I expected. I think the Packers and Aaron Rodgers admitted this to a, a certain degree. It felt like they were drinking their own Kool-Aid. A lot of Kool-Aid talk on this episode. Um, yeah. they, they they just seemed, seemed like a team that thought they were going to go in there and uh, walk to a victory, and the Saints came in really determined. I mean, Sean Payton's still their coach, still a, a great scheme, and Jameis made some great throws, but also a lot of plays were there. Some good fourth down conversions from from them, and I thought, yeah, their running game, their offensive line looked solid. Tony Jones and Alvin both getting a, a ton of carries and looking pretty pretty good doing it. Um, still not sure about the receiving room in terms of the depth. I mean, no no one with more than six targets, uh, no one getting more than three catches. But uh, you know, if they can run the ball well and play great defense, they're going to win a lot of games. And Jameis can make the shot plays when they're there. Uh, Packers, I think they'll regroup okay, but not a not a great. You know, I looked at when I made them my Super Bowl pick. I really thought, you know, this defense would benefit from someone coming from that, you know, that has the experience of being under Staley and kind of the schemes and the Fangio stuff. And Joe Barry just had a dud. I mean, I, I haven't watched the, you know, the film beyond just the, you know, the highlights and then the condensed game. But in terms of looking at what they're playing and, and their actual scheme from what I've read from people I trust that do watch film, on, it, it sounds like they were just pretty, pretty light pretty uh pretty soft stuff so hopefully that improves for the the Packers hopefully they get some communication things figured out but it was uh it was a brutal day one of the just one that you know I thought definitely saw a scenario where the Saints figure 